Good evening. Hope everybody's doing well today on this wonderful and beautiful uh, Wednesday day. Well, I guess beautiful should be used uh, lightly in the fact that it's been a cold, nasty, rainy, wet day today, but uh, I guess it's all in perspective. If you uh, uh, want to uh, have a nasty and rotten day, you will. If you want to make it a good day, you can. I guess it just matters on how you uh, want to, uh, what your outlook is when you get up in the morning. So, uh, uh, you know, I, I had a teacher tell me a long time ago, said, uh, life is what you want to make it. I remember I was in vacation Bible school and had a uh, teacher there and I didn't want to be there. I know it's hard to believe an unruly preacher's kid, but uh, I didn't want to be there. had no desire to be there and I was making it painfully clear that I didn't want to be there and she said uh, life is what you make it and I didn't like hearing it at the time but she did make a good point and I've noticed that throughout the years if you uh, wake up in a miserable rotten mood most likely you're going to stay in a miserable rotten mood for the rest of the day so but uh, so it just depends on how you want to I'm not preaching positive mental attitude so don't uh, I'm not preaching kind of heresy as Norman Vincent Peale would do, so I don't, don't want you to think I'm trying to do that by no stretch of the imagination, but, you know, your your outlook uh, can determine uh, where you want to be throughout the day, and so, uh, a little, little food for thought there, so, well, let's go ahead and look at our Bibles this evening, we're going to look at um, Romans, let's see, no, not Romans, hold on here, we're going to get to Romans here after a while, uh, we're looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 of 2 Corinthians 5, Verse 21. So I'll give everybody just a second to turn there. And while I'm doing that, uh, I want to thank uh, Juanita White and uh, her uh, lovely husband uh, who brought uh, uh, some masks out to the church for those who may need one. We're very appreciative of them and can't thank you enough. And um, uh, if you have any prayer concerns, be sure and, and put those in the comments here on uh, Facebook. We'll be sure and get to those here momentarily. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 21, for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. As me old pappy always says, bless this reading, the hearing of it to our hearts. Uh, not seeing any prayer requests put up here. Just don't want to double check. Don't see any. I just want to look there and see. But uh, I am uh, having some difficulties here. I apologize. I ordered a um, camera. And uh, uh, Amazon assured me it would be here today. And guess what? It was not here today. So give me those on social media. Bear with me here as I'm knocking everything over. Bear with me here as I try to had it set up and it slipped and fell on me there. There we go. I think I got it put back there. So, but uh, so anyway, it's supposedly supposed to be here tomorrow. So hopefully I'll have it in time for. Sunday, but uh, so I apologize if the if the camera is not as clear or as uh, the sound's not as crisp as it could be uh, for those on the website. I apologize. Uh, me tried, but uh, it did not get here. I tell you what, what happens sometimes is it'll come UPS or FedEx get all the way here to Johnson City, and then they send decide to send it to USPS. And you might as well forget it. I'll get here tomorrow, may get here the next day, may hear the day after. So hopefully it'll get here in time. But anyway, um, as far as prayer concerns go, uh, I'm trying to think. Um, 
let's see here. Sharon Boyd says, pray for our country and Michigan flooding. Yes, ma'am, we will definitely do that. Uh, be praying for Thelma Thompson. Uh, I know that uh, last uh, that Ron had given us, she was still running a fever and that uh, she was keeping her overnight. Uh, Miss Fran Pear said to also be praying uh, not only for Ron and Thelma. She's, she's a real sweetheart. She always thinks of, of other people. But she said to uh, pray for her Aunt Frida. Her youngest son, 46 years old, passed away last Friday. It was her cousin. And they're in Indiana, so I'm very sorry for your loss, Miss Pear, and uh, uh, we'll uh, definitely be praying for them. I know we need to be praying for Wendy Lee. I know we need to be praying for uh, Kim Penix uh, and um, Roger Winters, and uh, trying to think who all else. There's been there's so many that we get on a daily basis, hard to keep up with them all, but the Lord knows the, the hearts and minds and the needs of, of every person there. So, And uh, Sharon said... Michelle's mama. Oh yes, uh, Mousy. Tell me a sound. I used to call her Mousy. Uh, yeah, uh, she uh, had message on there that her her mom was doing good. So yes, ma'am. Thanks for reminding me, Sharon. All right, let's go ahead and have a word of prayer. Dear Father, Lord, we just thank you and love you and praise you. And Lord, thank you for allowing us to come together and meet here, uh, albeit uh, virtually, but uh, nonetheless we're still able to meet and to worship. And Lord, we'll lift up each and every one of these prayer requests and prayer concerns. And Lord, I pray that you'll be with uh, Mousy's mom, that you will uh, bring healing upon her. And Lord, I pray that you'll be with Thelma uh, Thompson, Lord, that you will bring uh, healing upon her, and that you'll give Ron uh, peace uh, during this difficult time. And uh, Lord, I pray that uh, you'll be with Wendy Lee, that you bring healing upon her, and Kim Penix. I pray that you'll be with Franz. Uh, death in her family, Lord Jesus, be with her and her family, and that you'll give them comfort and peace uh, during this time. And Lord, I pray that you be with uh, uh, Murph, uh, Roger Winters. I pray that you be with Linda and David Feathers, and I pray that you will be with uh, Ginger Hood and uh, so many others, Lord Jesus. You know, again, all the hearts and minds, the spoken and unspoken. You know the concern and, and thoughts of each and every person uh, watching or listening. And Lord, I just pray that uh, your will be done in each and every situation. And Lord, uh, let us submit to your will. And Lord, let us glorify you in all things. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Uh, Announcement-wise, we, uh, we're going to try to do uh, indoor service uh, this coming Sunday. But unfortunately, it seems like the harder we try to do it, it seems like we run into one obstacle after another i mean it just it, it just seemed like uh we just seem to hit a wall every time every time me and death say okay we'll try this something else happened we'll do this something else happened uh you know we we have we couldn't get volunteers to even do the uh the the temperature taking and uh it was just um it was a mess uh you know we really were trying hard uh to do that uh, uh and so you know all we can do, guys, I know right now it's a very difficult time. You know, our concern is the church. We do love each and every person there. Uh, you know, I wish I had the ability to call every single person. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Uh, you know, I don't want people to be like, well, they never called even checked on us, you know, and, and I don't want it to be like that. I can only call the numbers I've got, and I've tried to do that. And uh, if there's anybody left out, I sincere, sincerely apologize um, I try to communicate as much as I can here on social media with all of our congregants. And, uh, you know, we do miss everybody. We love everybody. And uh, we don't want uh, uh, people to give up on church. You know, we don't want people to be, you know, get get too 
convenient uh, to stay home. It's easy to want to do that because of uh, this COVID situation. You know, I don't want people to get uh, complacent and apathetic uh, in their walk with the Lord or in their attendance with church. It's still vitally important. Uh, I know some people say, well, I don't have to be in a church to worship. Well, technically that's true, but God's word says, don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And we need to be together, like-minded believers. We need church. We need to be together. That's the way God uh, ordained it. And that's what we, we have to do. And uh, I don't want that to suffer. Dad uh, or old Dr. Young, he doesn't want that to suffer either. And uh, so uh, we're going to have outdoor service again. Guys, I know it's hot. All right. I know it's hot. Uh, you can sit in your cars, the air conditioned, and, and listen on 98.5, watch on the website, watch it on social media. But, you know, I, sometimes you got to put your comfort aside and just come out and worship. You know, my dad, he's told you all, some of y'all are familiar with this story that, uh, it's not just a story, it's true. Uh, he uh, and mom did some mission work in uh, in Haiti. And these people would um, would travel for miles on foot uh, just to be able to hear the gospel. And they had to sit in a, more or less the way dad taught it, about like a shack. It was just half uh, uh, center block, only half a roof on it, sitting on hard wooden benches in the heat of the day just so they can hear the gospel. And because we have to sit outside uh, and it gets a little uncomfortable, you know, people want to, you know, they want to complain. I mean, I just put it bluntly. All right. I, you know, I try to, sure, you know, I try to be nice, but it just, it just, you know, but the thing of it is we take for granted what we have in this country, you know, you know, with this in China, of course, we realize this where this, this COVID thing has originated, but there's people there who are so desperate for the gospel, so desperate for the word of God. They are giving their very lives just to be able to worship. They're giving their lives just to be able to have a, have a funeral or have a wedding. Uh, you know, so we take for granted. And because of a little heat, people are like, you know, I'm not even going to go. Well, that's the wrong attitude. You know, we need to go because we need to be together to worship Jesus Christ. We have a beautiful hillside and you can bring your chairs, your blankets, your umbrellas, Come on out there and sit. You know, it's it's early enough. It's 11 o'clock in the day. So, you know, it's going to be a little hot, but it don't get that hot. And, um, you know, so you need to ask yourself, am I there for my own comfort or am I there to worship God? And, you know, uh, sometimes we have to look past uh, our own comfort and, and, and worship and not take for granted what we have in this country. It can be very easily taken away. I mean, you, it's pretty evident uh, that we see that, um, you know, right now I understand the uh, the reason why so much has been shut down because of the spread of this virus. But if there wasn't a virus, how easy would it be for the government to shut down churches or agencies or whatever it may be? So let's not take this for granted and let's come out to church on Sunday and let's worship together. Let's come together and worship Jesus Christ. And, you know, who cares? You know, if you go, if you, the heat bothers you that much, they have battery powered fans. Bring that out, you know, spritz yourself with water. So that's just for the men. But uh, I've got, uh, there it goes. Don't know what happened there on social media. Said so trying to reconnect. So I don't know what's going on. Keep saying trying to reconnect. Uh, don't know. I think, hopefully I'm not lost anybody. Uh, hopefully my wife or somebody will message me if, if you can't watch right now. Um, I think what it is, 
there's so many online pastors and people uh, working from home. I think it's just bogging uh, our, our internet down like crazy. And uh, in the evenings, in particular, people get home from work, and it just it, it just hoses it down uh, in a major way. But anyway, I hope that you understand uh, as to why we can't uh, uh, get inside and use the facilities there at the church. Uh, it's just so much going on. We can't. We're just taking a week at a time. And, uh, and we'll just see how it goes. And uh, please don't get discouraged. Don't uh, uh, get upset with us. Don't give up on us. Don't give up on the church or, you know, or any church you attend. You know, we're, we're all trying. All right? we're all, and that's why we praise God for social media that um, uh, we can still get the gospel out even if it's online. So, uh, so praise God for that. But don't neglect uh, your physical church. That's why we're still offering outdoor services. And so come out, take advantage of that and uh, don't don't take it for granted. All right, we're going to look at Hebrews chapter seven and we're going to look at verses four through 10. So if you got your Bibles handy, uh, we're going to look at uh, Hebrews chapter seven, verses four through 10. So I'll give everybody just a second uh, to turn there and uh, uh, look that up, whether it's on your iPad, iPhone, uh, your Bibles or whatever it is that you're using there. But Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 4, See how great this man was to whom Abraham the patriarch gave a tenth of the spoils. And those descendants of Levi who received the priestly office have a commandment in the law to take tithes from the people, that is, from their brothers, though these also are descended from Abraham. But this man who does not have his descent from, from them received tithes from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises. It is beyond dispute that the inferior is blessed by the superior. In one case, tithe, in the one case, tithes are received by mortal men, but in the other case, by one of whom it is testified that he lives. One might even say that Levi himself, who receives tithes, paid tithes through Abraham, for he was still in the loins of his ancestor when Melchizedek met him. So again, I'm reading from the English Standard Version. So if you uh, read from King Jimmy or uh, uh, or another version, it may be worded a little differently. It may be like, what in the world is he reading? So uh, uh, we're doing this for our uh, the sake of our study, so make it a little easier to uh, discuss uh, what we're looking at here. Uh, since we read that, let's go ahead and open up. We'll have another word of prayer real quick, if we may. Uh, dear Father, Lord, again, we just come before you and praise your holy name. Uh, Lord, thank you uh, so much for your grace and your mercy and your love and your joy. Lord, guide us in this teaching this evening. Uh, Lord, let it be used to glorify you and help it to be used for spiritual growth. And Lord, let it make it applicable in our lives so we can use it to have a closer relationship with you. And Lord, uh, let us uh, just uh, be the men and women you've called us to be. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, so now we're looking at this here, uh, you know, as we discussed, uh, uh, let's see, today's Wednesday, Sunday night, we were talking about uh, verses 1 through 3 and chapter 7. Now, I want to discuss, something. I, you know, it's not some, I mean, sort of a correction. Uh, you know, he's talking about Melchizedek and how uh, Melchizedek, the high priest, is, is a type of, of Jesus, a prototype, if you will, and um, and how he has no beginning and has no end. 
And uh, in some of the reading that I had, uh, some would, would say that um, it could have been a uh, pre-incarnation of Christ, uh, or it was um, uh, an angel, or it was just a man. And I had made mention that uh, my reading had said that it, the, the fact that it was uh, Christ incarnate uh, or uh, an angel uh, had been ruled out or disputed. However, uh, I was talking to Dad uh, later that evening, and he told me to uh, look up theophany. Uh, and I, I remember that term uh, from my studies, and I went and looked that up, and I didn't really think about it, and it makes a lot more sense. I even told him that on the phone. I said, it makes more sense to me that was a, 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 a some would say, a, what do you call it? You have a theophany and a uh, Christophany, uh, that, uh, in other words, God would take on human form in the Old Testament, or it could be a pre-incarnation of Christ. And, and I even told him that. I felt like that, um, even though in my studies, it was, they were trying to say that that was disputed, I tend to believe that it was a um, type of theophany or Christophany, because, it, you know, as we read in this here in Melchizedek, it talks about uh, how, uh, Melchizedek had no beginning and had no end, all right, and that uh, he was a uh, priest forever, just as Jesus Christ, uh, he was, uh, he is high priest forever, he's that intermediary between us and God, and uh, it's just that, you know, we see this in Genesis 14, 18, Psalm 110, uh, 4, and uh, of course, Jesus refers to this uh, when he's debating the Pharisees in Matthew uh, 22, 4, I think it is. I think it's, I think I had it written down here just to be on the safe side. No, 22, 44. That was close. 22, 44. And he refers back, uh, to Psalm 110, uh, 4 as well. And so, um, and everything that I, you know, and, and reading about theophany and Christophany, reading those things, uh, I feel confident, uh, that that was, um, uh, was Christ pre-incarnate. Uh, come because you know remember uh, you know we're, in order to become a priest it, it boiled down to genealogies okay you had to uh, be born into the priesthood you couldn't just pick up one day and say hey I want to be a priest it, it had to be under a genealogical understanding and Melchizedek uh, didn't fall under the tribe of Levi because of course Levi wasn't born then and uh, he wasn't an Israelite so you know it, it kind of um, you know he was considered king and priest which went against that uh, law as well, because you could either be a priest or you could be a king, but you can be both priest and king, as we see with Jesus Christ. Again, uh, we see that type of Christ. That's why we see that comparison. And so everything seems to be in line. As, like I said, uh, when Dad brought up the, the term theophany, and we discussed that, I, I even told him at that, that night, I said, I, you know, I just don't agree with, with some of this, this reading that I have. Uh, you know, some would debate that, uh, just like... Um, uh, some debate that uh, Israel is the church, uh, and, and I explained to you the uh, the teacher. Dad was laughing about that again today. Uh, the teacher he went uh, uh, lost his marbles uh, in uh, in that uh, discussion about that. But uh, I just want to clear that up a little bit um, because I, you know, my as a pastor, uh, I I take what I do very very seriously. And I don't want to do anything at all. It weighs heavy on my heart. I don't want to mislead anybody. That's why when I pray, when I, when I study, 
I pray heavily, God, please, you know, I humble myself before you use me. You know, I want to, I, you know, guide every word that I say. I study, all right? I study it all. And, or not all, but, you know, I, I try to study as much as I can about it, whatever it is we're talking about. And, uh, and I just pray that God will use me to get his word out. And um, uh, if you, you know, I, for a long time, I tried to use notes as such. I just felt like it was hindering me. And finally, you know, because, you know, there's nothing wrong, nothing unbiblical to use notes by no stretch of the imagination. It's nothing, you know, a lot of great men of God use notes, even read verbatim what they've written down. Nothing wrong with that. But in my case, the Lord just kind of convicted me that uh, I wasn't showing total dependence on him. I was trusting in my own abilities, trusting in what in my uh, what I had written down or wrote and not depending fully on him. And so I, I felt, um, I don't know, I guess heavy conviction to a certain extent uh, that, you know what, all I can do is study and then give it over to God. But still, you know, I, I just want to make sure that I, I'm telling everybody the right thing. And that's, and, you know, double check me too. You know, if I'm saying something, you say, no, wait a minute, that don't sound right. Or I'm confused or wait, I read that too. And, and that's not what I got from that, you know, and, and bring it to me. If, if there's, something I, I've said or done, then let me know. And uh, dad will tell you the same thing. Just don't take our word for it. You look it up, you study it, and uh, you let us know too, because we don't want to do anything to mislead anybody. I know dad is as self-conscious and not more than I am. So, uh, you know, we, we want to make sure that we're, we're dealing uh, everybody what they need to know. Now, um, let's go back, uh, let's go ahead and dive back into this here just a little bit. Um, now, uh, let's see here. Uh uh, let's see, for this uh, Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the... So what, what am I doing? I'm reading verse 1. Verse 4. I thought, wait a minute, where'd that come from? Verse 4. See how great this man was to whom Abraham, the patriarch, gave a tenth of the spools. Now, um, understand that uh, by Abraham giving him a tenth of the spools, uh, that um, uh, he was demonstrating that Melchizedek was superior to him, okay? Now, if we understand, all right, between a high priest and the priest, there was a distinction, all right? Let's make sure we understand that. Uh, we understand under the, the line of Jacob and Leah, uh, we have the tribe of uh, their son Levites, where we get the tribe of, of, of the uh, Levites. And, um, and the high priest, remember the priest, they um, uh, can only have certain responsibility and duties, but the high priest, uh, they were all the ones who had the, uh, what was known as the uman and the thuman, the, uh, uh, the, the carved out uh, type of jewelry uh, that they have on their chest. And they were the only ones who, uh, uh, was it the, uh, uh, the Day of Atonement, I think it was, that they were able to do that. And the, um, um, uh, able to go for God, be that intermediary once a year uh, to go in God's presence. Remember, they had to be uh, of... Uh, uh, pure. They had to uh, be, you know, make sure that they were worthy to go before God. If they went in with any any uh, misdeeds or uh, or anything, uh, you know, that was um, not pleasing to God, God could judge them, strike them dead right there. But they were the only ones allowed once a year to go for. Now the priest, they could still do sacrifices things throughout the year, but it was the high priest who could actually go. Uh, before uh, the um, uh, the ark and, and go in the presence of God, and so uh, that's why that's why there is a distinction between the high priest and the priest. Okay, so make sure you that there, we understand that, and that's why that um, Abraham was understanding that Melchizedek was superior 
to him. And that's why he gave that tent. And why is that? You know, why would he do that? Well, when we see here that uh, uh, in regards to the, um, um, the the law of the tithes, okay, uh, where we get that at, if you look at Numbers chapter, um, let's see here, it's 18, 20 through 21. We, we go back to look at that in Hebrews 18. All right, let's get over here. Hebrews 18. All right, hold on. <laughs> Got to get my Bible here. 18, 20, and 21. Uh, and it says, The Lord said to Aaron, You shall have no inheritance in their land, neither shall you have any portion among them. I am your portion and your inheritance among the people of Israel. 21. To the Levites, I have given every tithe in Israel for an inheritance in return for their service that they do their service in the tent of meeting. So um, we see that you know, where the uh, Israelites have been scattered. And uh, uh, so that's where we're, we're kind of you know, coming at here. And uh, instead of the promised land, they, they got God. But they um, uh, that's where we're kind of seeing the history of that, that tithe uh, to a certain extent. Because when we see that um, uh, where that tithing comes into place, particularly with the priest, all right, they had certain laws, Levitical laws, that they had to abide by. And... Um, we see that, uh, um, gosh, I'm trying to think here. There were several reasons why they had to uh, uh, do the tithing. Now, uh, obviously, he's a high priest, and uh, so Moses, uh, so Moses, so Abraham felt the need to um, uh, to give that tithe uh, because uh, he felt that superiority. He was a priest, so that doesn't necessarily mean that Melchizedek was superior to him because he gave that tithe because priests did require that as well. But um, uh, but that was something that uh, Abraham felt like he needed to do. But we also see here too that um, uh, that the tithe was to the Israelites, even though Melchizedek was not an Israelite. We see that the tithe was considered by all Israelites. There was the that legal ruling that uh, they must give a tithe, and that uh, also that the, it, the Levites, those priests, were mortal, and Melchizedek was uh, considered immortal. He had no beginning. He had no end. And we see that Jesus Christ, the true high priest, uh, is obviously immortal as well. So we see that the Levites were mortal. And the Levites uh, also, um, uh, trying to think here, it was um, the descendants of Abraham, uh, obviously. So um, uh, when we see that there in regards to that, that legal ruling, and that the, um, uh, the, and the, that the Levites were indeed mortal, uh, we, we, we need to understand that there were several reasons that they, not only, I got here to say it, when they tithed, all right, see, we look at tithing as like 10%, okay? And so uh, they, if you really kind of think about it, their tithing was kind of like 23%. And you're thinking, well, where'd you get that number at? Well, uh, we see that not only did they have to tithe to the poor, they had to tithe to the priest. And uh, let's see here. They also had to tithe, um, let's see here, uh, to the temple and feast. They had to tithe to the temple and feast. So we had three different types of tithing they had to do. And if you add that up, you know, we're looking at uh, uh, a whole lot more than 10%. And, uh, and, of course, they had to give 10% of their, of their crops. I mean, it was almost like a taxation. And that's kind of where we get uh, a lot of our um, uh, ideals uh, in, in regards to tithing. Now, you know, again, like I said last week, I, I don't like talking about tithing. I don't like talking, dealing with money. I, I hate it, all right? I despise it. People come up, give me my tithe. I'm like, 
<clears throat> you know, I just I don't even like touching it. All right, I don't like messing with it. Why? Because as I, I was talking about Sunday night a little bit, so many pastors have abused uh, tithing. So many people abuse the fact that you know, and so many people look at pastors like they're just money hungry. In fact, uh, where um, where some churches are trying to open. Uh, I've seen people uh, write in the comments, well, they're only wanting to open so they can get their tithes. And, you know, and it's like, you know, it's like if you don't open, uh, you're condemned. If you do open, you're condemned. You know, it's like there's there's no no winning in that situation. But, uh, you know, obviously a lot of churches are trying to open because we have uh, uh, responsibility and we want to get the gospel out as best we can. We want people to fellowship together as we discussed. But, you know, of course, tithing, it helps, you know, we, we, a church is a ministry, but it's also very much like a business. We have to pay for lots. We have to pay for insurance. We have to pay, you know, we have things that we have to pay for. And when you tithe, you're tithing unto God, but understand that that money is going to help further the ministry to help the, the, uh, uh further the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, it's like our church is very evangelistic and we get out in the community. We do a lot of things. We, we do deal with a lot of benevolence and that's where that, that money goes for. And our, our staff is, is extremely small as opposed to a lot of other churches because we want to focus on uh, reaching out uh, to the community and uh, to be able to spread that gospel uh, to all who we can, can reach at any cost. In fact, Dad and I was even talking today about uh, hopefully this uh, virus deal will, will continue to go away and uh, we're looking at some things maybe possibly in September we can do and we're always thinking we're always trying to think of ways to, to get the word out and uh, so you know when you look at tithing uh, we see that 10% uh, that went to the priest and like I said the number could even be higher depending on the taxation depending on what um, you know it was going to whether it's the poor the temple uh, you know whatever it may be and um, now, now, when Abraham gave that to Melchizedek, now, of course, he wasn't uh, forced uh, to do that. That's something he did on his own. And he remember, he just come back from uh, taking care of the four kings and, and bringing Lot back. And he gave uh, a tenth of his spools and, and what he had uh, to Melchizedek. Now, does that mean, you know, there's a lot of questions in regards to tithing. I had someone today asked me about tithing. And I said, well, just hold on. I want to try to hit on that tonight a little bit. And, um, you know, uh, there was a long time that um, I told you all this Sunday that uh, me and Brandy didn't tie like we're supposed to. We'd make excuses. We'd say, you know, well, we'll try to do it next week or do it next month or, you know, and um, uh, we made our excuses and we paid dearly for that. You know, again, we're not paying God off. God is not the Godfather. He's out there, you know, he's got angels out there waiting to break your legs. And uh, if you don't give him money, you know, it's, we're not we're not paying God protection money. It's the fact that everything we have, everything that we own, everything is not ours. It's God's. All the money that, that we earn is God's. It's not even ours to begin with. So we are to be good stewards. And that's what I was talking about Sunday. I, you know, I, 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 I feel bad that I have not been a good steward of God's money like I should have been. And uh, I've tried harder to be better uh, with my money and to save and to put things back. And uh, uh, it's not easy. But the first thing I do when I get paid or Brandy gets paid is uh, for I pay any bill. And I ain't saying this to act like super Christian. I would say, well, golly, look at him. Isn't he Mr. High and Mighty? I'm not trying to act like it. I'm just trying to explain to you what I do. And the first thing I do is I make sure that I, I tithe uh, what uh, what we want to give uh, to God. 
And, you know, and, that, and that's what it boils down to. Uh, you know, if people say, well, how much should I give? Should I give um, gross amount or after gross or, you know, do I give net or you know, what What do I give? Well, you know, look at James 1.5. You know, if, any man who lacks wisdom, ask God. He'll give it to him literally, you know. Um, so pray for that. Pray about that wisdom. You know, uh, we look at... Uh, uh, was it First Corinthians sixteen seven and uh, so right sixteen seven? Did I say that right? Um, can't remember what I let's see. I make sure I don't want to tell you wrong. Let me make sure I told you right on that. I'm going to say sixteen seven. But what if I tell you that and it's wrong? Then I want to feel bad and wish I had, hadn't said that. No, that ain't right. Let me say Corinthians. Hold on here. Uh, I want to make sure. I don't want to mess up. Let's see here, six, um, hold on, I'm just trying to make sure there is no 16 cent Corinthians, so that wouldn't be right, would it? Um, let me see here, I thought I wrote it down just to be on the safe side, because I was worried I'd forget, <laughs> because I know how my mind works, and Second uh, Corinthians 9, 7, there we go, I knew it was, I knew, I knew, <laughs> But I would forget, so I want to make sure. Second Corinthians 9 7. I say Dad's probably hollering at the screen. 9 7, you dummy. All right. <laughs> Each must give as he's decided in his heart, not reluctantly, nor in the compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So that's just it. You know, when you give, you give cheerfully. You know, not grudgingly, not out of necessity. You know, if you're sitting there, well, there, take it. You know, hey, God says keep it, <laughs> keep it. Uh, you know, we trust God. You know, we've heard us say this before. God's work done God's way will have God's provision. And so that's all we can do is trust the Lord to meet our needs. Uh, there is, um, oh, what's his name? My mind just went blank on me. Um, oh, Goodness gracious, I keep moving on. Anyway, he had an orphanage. This is back probably like in the 1800s. And um, he would sit and pray that, you know, they would run out of food. And all of a sudden, a meat truck would, would just break down in front of the orphanage. And uh, I feel like it's probably the tip of my tongue, his name. I've read his book. Um, but, uh, you know, God would always provide and make those needs. And that's all we can do is, is pray and, and trust that God will provide and, meet and reach those needs. So whether you feel like you need to give... Uh, uh, 1%, 2%, 10%, that's between you and God, you know, maybe you want to give 30%, you know, that's between you and God, that's something you have to pray about, you know, like I said, most people get the 10% from uh, the Levitical uh, priests that we're reading about here this evening, and, uh, and, and you know, uh, I always try to give a minimum of that personally, you know, I'm just going to be honest with you, but, um, but you got to do what you feel led to do. And, uh, you know, uh, just like the, the widow, uh, she gave uh, just two mites and, and Jesus discussed that, how she gave more than anybody there. So it's what is in your heart and, and that you're trying to trust God. And like I said, tithing is, is it's the most uncomfortable topic in the world for me. And I've even had people say, you, you and your dad need to talk more about that. George Mueller, thank you, Dr. Young. I tell you what, that... That good old Dr. Young, he's good for something. But uh, yes, George Mueller, I knew it was, right, it was right there. I could just feel it on the tip of my tongue. And, uh, so, and, and uh, of course, uh, Dr. Smarty Pants had to uh, chime in there and let me know. But uh, thank you there, dear father. 
But yeah, he uh, he would. He would pray, George Mueller. He would pray. And it was amazing how things would, uh, in fact, he would um, uh, be uh, be preaching and uh, they would forget to pay him and he wouldn't say a word and he would just uh, keep praying about it. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the deacon or the elder would be like, oh, we forgot to pay you. Here's uh, your money. You know, he always trusted on God. He would never beg or ask or God would always provide. And that's all that we can do as Christians is pray Give it over to God and uh, God will entrust that God's going to meet those needs. You know, it just amazes me. It just amazes me how God works. And every time I start sweating it, you know, just uh, here recently, I was like, I told Brandy, I said, man, I don't know what's going on. But I said, we are, are, are running. Something's not right. I said, we're, we're, I've mismanaged something. I said, we're running lower than we should I, I, uh, in our general fund that we pay our bills and stuff out of. And, uh, and next thing I know, the Lord provided a way and uh, money, some money come in that we wouldn't even expect it. And I was just like, man, you know, that's what I told her today. I said, it's just amazing me how God works, you know. And then, of course, she goes out and spends, uh, you know, no, I'm just teasing. But it, uh, um, you, know, that's, you know, I'm not saying that's going to happen every single time. But I just know that in my life, every time I've worried about it, Dad be like, just calm down. And, you know, God will work out a way. And every time it has. You think after 47 years, I learned to listen to him. <laughs> but uh, I still uh, get uh, uh, try to do things on my own. And every time he's right. You know, just was it that song? Uh, uh, what was that song? I said, every time I try to prove him right, he uh, I pr I tried to prove him wrong. I proved him right. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it was Paul Overstreet's song. I can't remember. But anyway. That's neither here nor there. I don't, my mind is, like I've told you, it's like a squirrel on a wheel. It's just kind of going everywhere sometimes. But anyway, sometimes I feel like it's scratching at my brain. And anyway, so, uh, yes, I just snorted. Okay, so verse 5. And those descendants of Levi who received the priestly office have commandment in the law to take tithes from the peoples we're just discussing, and that is from their brothers. So these are also... Are, also are descended from Abraham. So we see that uh, descendants uh, of Levi, you know, obviously were descendants from Abraham to take those tithes from the people that we were just discussing. That's what the, the priestly uh, thing was then for them to do, okay? But this man, verse 6, uh, who does not have his descent from them, received tithes from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises uh, it is beyond dispute that the inferior bless the superior. So what we're seeing here, we see that inferior uh, blessing the superior uh, is that, um, oh, so, well, so I'm sorry, I'll take that back. Uh, beyond the inferior is blessed by the superior. Okay, uh, by the superior is that um, Melchizedek was blessing um, not only Abraham for what he'd done, but he's also blessing his descendants. That's why we see that, you know, that, that, that the Levite, uh, or Levi rather, and Aaron, and uh, all those um, uh, after him uh, were the lesser, all right? So that's why we see Melchizedek was blessing the inferior, let's see, with Aaron. Uh, let's see here. In one case, the tithes were received by mortal men, but in the other case, by one of whom uh, it is satisfied that he lives. Uh, so that... Um, Let's see here. One might even say that Levi himself who receives tithes, paid tithes through Abraham, for he's still in the loins of his ancestor when Melchizedek met him. So what I, what I want to get at here, and particularly in verse uh, 10, 
where it says, for he was still in the loins of his ancestor, Melchizedek met him. Oh, one thing I didn't want to mention, I'm sorry. Uh, like I said, I hate to jump around so much, but if I don't say it when I'm thinking about it, I'll forget. I think it's a sign of getting older. Uh, you know, when we was talking about um, that royal priesthood, uh, when we was talking about, you remember, there's high priest, uh, there's difference between the high priest and the priest. Uh, something I did read about, uh, I, I wasn't really aware of. Now, I've done some uh, studies on the Mormons and such, but one thing that I, I wasn't aware of is that the Mormons, all right, obviously we know that they're a cult, all right, we, we know that flat out. They are not Christians, even though they try to say that they are. They are not Christians. They believe in a God entirely different from that of the Bible. They think they're going to be their own little gods and that women get to birth for all of eternity. I should make all women so happy. But anyway, they try to say that the priesthood stopped after Melchizedek until Joseph Smith, all right? And uh, I just felt like I, I should point that out, or at least I found it interesting anyway. And that, um, uh, not only that, let's see, I wrote some things down here just to be on the safe side so I didn't forget. Uh, oh, yeah, and that men were ordained the priesthood and they become the apostles or the patriarch or the elder uh, in that situation. And so, um, uh, you know, I don't know. I just felt like maybe I should point that out just a little bit there. But uh, but anyway, uh, we get here, it was talking about for he was still in the loins of his ancestors. They felt like... Uh, that all those descendants uh, that come after Abraham were uh, in Abraham when Melchizedek uh, blessed him, okay? And so um, uh, just like uh, that whatever we do now has a future effect on all of our future generations. And uh, so if you uh, live a good godly life, that that may transcend down uh, to your uh, children's children's children uh if you live a sin-filled life that that uh, you know you kind of see that in it to a certain extent uh if you grew up in a um, a lot of people not everybody i'm baiting everybody with a broad brush a lot of people who grew up in grew up in a drug addicted abusive home sometimes that that carries on through uh and of course the only way to break that cycle obviously giving your life over to jesus christ but one example of that if you look at romans chapter 5 12 through 15 over here Romans chapter 5 12 through 15 I think uh, that would uh, or I may just read 21 but uh, Romans chapter 5 start with verse 12 uh, this is talking this is the concept of, of um, uh, the federal headship okay uh, verse 12 of Romans 5 therefore just as sin came into the world through one man and so death spread to all men because all sin for sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted were there Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass, for if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. And the free gift is not like the result of the one man's sin. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespass brought justification. For if, because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. 
For as by the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, so by the one man's, diso one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. Now the law came into the increase of the trespass, but where the sin increased, grace abounded all the more, so that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So as we see here, uh, you know, we're talking about um, those those descendants, that uh, that headship that we're, we're discussing here. Uh, let me go over here. Where is that? Okay. Um, we was talking about that federal headship and how that can be affected. You know, we can look directly back at Adam and how his sin, that disease of sin, because of his sin, that uh, filtered down to all of us. We were all, all right, because of one man's sin, all have sinned, all right, whether you like it or not, whether you uh, get, you know, you may not like hearing, hearing that because, well, that's not fair that just because he sinned and all have sinned, well, that's just a, a fact of life, and uh, I don't know, I just got a text saying they lost me on the website, I don't know, don't know, I'm having trouble with the internet tonight, I don't know what's going on, I'm first my Facebook, and now uh, uh, website, so I don't know, it's went from green to yellow, so yellow alert apparently, but anyway, let's go ahead and keep moving forward, uh, nothing I can do about it, is just keep pushing forward. Uh, so all have sinned, all right? So there's none righteous, no, not one. All have sinned because of Adam's sin. Because of that, we see that his descendants, everybody after him, become sinners as well. And um, But because of God's righteousness, because of Jesus' righteousness, because of his obedience to God the Father, because of what he done, his substitutionary atonement on the cross, his death, burial, resurrection, what he did for us to save us from a very real and eternal hell, we were made righteous through Jesus Christ. Only those who put their hope and their heart in Jesus Christ uh, can we have that e enjoy uh, that eternity uh, with Jesus Christ, that we can enjoy that eternity with God. We can enjoy that eternity in heaven. So, you know, praise God uh, that he loved us enough to send his only son uh, to save us. And as a result, we get to, to enjoy uh, that inheritance, okay? You know, remember what I was talking about before, that um, you can't choose your inheritance. That apologize, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, apparently, the devil don't want this message to go out today. Both uh, Facebook and uh, the live stream on the website uh, went down uh, simultaneously, and so I apologize. Uh, like I said, I think, uh, you know, I had a special order a camera on uh on Amazon because every single store Brandy went to called uh, were sold out and uh, so I think uh, it's just everybody's at home and everybody's trying to get online and it's just it can't I don't I don't I don't think our infrastructure is set up to to handle the amount of people who are trying to get on and use the internet at the same time and uh, I know years ago when I worked for um, Verizon uh, or for CenturyLink in particular, um, we uh, we had a lot of problems with that. If too many people got on in an area at the same time, it would it would go down, and we'd have people calling up and getting upset. And uh, so, you know, I apologize. Uh, I can can only do what I can do, and I can. I'm sorry. That's just like Sunday morning. If uh, praise God, if it hadn't been for the internal camera on here, uh, it wouldn't even went out over the internet, not only the internet, but on the radio either. And that would have been a big, ugly, hairy man who'd. Uh, uh, would have hurt me so <laughs> but uh, he might not have hurt me but he would have been happy so um, 
Darlene says good. Okay. Well, Darlene Barker's good. So if Darlene Barker's good, we're all good. <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, bless her heart. She's a sweetheart. I like the aggravator. All right, guys. Um, let's go ahead and try to finish this up here a little bit. Now, as I was discussing, as we've re reading Romans 5, uh, 12 through 19, and we see that, uh, you know, as we've talked about, you know, uh, we read here, uh, particularly in verse 10, for he was still in the loins of his ancestor when Melchizedek met him. In other words, all of his, all those future generations uh, were obviously uh, there, uh, in, you know, obviously in the seed of Abraham, and uh, that's why we're talking about the inferior being blessed by the superior, and that how that, um, uh, that direct action uh, would have an effect on future generations. That's why we read Romans uh, 5. Uh, and so that in regards to understanding how Adam, so we relate and understand what we're referring to, how in Adam, because of his sin, it affected everybody, uh, every person in the world after that was infected with that sin. But praise God that we have for Jesus' obedience and righteousness and that God sent his only son to save us all right, because of his righteousness that we could be saved and, uh, and, and enjoy that eternal glory uh, that God has set before us. So praise God for that, that we have that uh, understanding. So, uh, you know, I apologize for this whole night. I, you know, I um, uh, uh, feel like I've kind of stumbled around here a little bit tonight, and uh, I uh, apologize that... Uh, the, the internet we've had problems and when stuff like that happens it throws me off my my game a little bit but uh, so to speak but anyway here's the main thing guys uh and ladies <laughs> it's that uh first of all let's understand mccalzadick uh that um he is uh, we can understand theophany and christophany i just want to go back and review a little bit because of all the problems we've had all right is that uh, even though mccalzadick was a um, type of christ some would, would would argue that he was simply a king and a priest and a man, that he was in between uh, Canaan and um, uh, Sodom, that God chose him to do this. However, because he has no beginning, because he has no end, everything leads to believe in a theophany that he was a uh, pre-incarnation of Christ because he held the, the title of king and priest, which was very unusual because you could either be king or you could be priest. You could be both. And because Abraham recognized his superiority, he gave him a tenth of, of his spoils and of what he had after conquering the four kings and rescuing Lot. And so we see that superiority uh, through Melchizedek. We see that type of Christ. We see that type of righteousness. We see that type of peace. We see that, you know, and even Jesus referred back to that uh, when we look at Matthew 22, 44, uh, and, re and when he re referred back when he's debating with the um, Pharisees to Psalm 110.4. And so we, you know, so even Jesus refers back to Melchizedek. And, um, uh, and uh, hopefully I've made clear uh, what tithing is and how that come about and why the, the priest uh, was required by law uh, legally to, uh, to receive a tenth of what was going on, uh, what the Israelites had, uh, not only for that, again, it's a type of taxation, not only for that, uh, but to help the poor, to, to, for the temple, all those things. Uh, hopefully I, under, I made clear what that meant. If you don't know how much to give, to read James 1, 5, uh, if you and then look at um, uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 6, and, uh, and so, you know, give joyfully, give, you know, whatever the Lord lays in your heart to give. 
and that we see that um, uh, and how uh, Abraham's actions had direct results on his descendants, how our actions can have a direct result on our descendants. Uh, if we live, uh, you know, you see so many children uh, because of the, the actions of parents, the selfishness uh, and how they, uh, how some, not all, how some have um, uh, dabbled in drugs or alcohol or abusive and how that can have a direct effect on a child and how in future generations because a lot of times kids will mimic what see they're they're normal uh it would be abnormal to some people but that's if that's all they grew up and knew then that you see how easily that can um, it can filter down through future generations leading us up to uh, Romans 5, the reason why we read that, so we can understand how Adam's sin transcended down to all of us, but we see that uh, that line of, of David, we see Jesus Christ, uh, that uh, who, uh, who, uh, who was the high priest forever because of his one and only sacrifice that was needed. No more blood sacrifices were needed that the priests were doing. The high priest was good because Jesus Christ was both king and high priest who gave his life that uh, that, that blood sacrifice atoned for our sins permanently and forever. And so he, you know, remember the priest was a uh, intermediary between us and God. Well, that's what Jesus Christ does. He is that intermediary between us and God. He talks to God on our behalf. He is the forever high priest. Remember the priest and high priest of the Old Testament were mortal, but we know that Jesus Christ was Im is immortal. And uh, so that way we can put our hope and trust in him, that we know he's not going to let us down. We know that we, we put, we, we, Pray the sinner's prayer. Give our lives over to Jesus Christ. We know uh, that our name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and that is forever. And that because of Christ's sacrifice, we put our faith in him. We are um, uh, are entitled to all the same things that Christ have. We, we uh, get that inheritance, uh, you know, and, and we get to enjoy all those things of God uh, for all of eternity. And don't and remember, don't... Um, as we discussed before, uh, you know, with escapism, you know, be careful uh, not to, you know, we need to look forward uh, to those things in heaven. We need to look forward to those things of God. We need to look forward to the world to come. But don't forget, God put us in this world for a reason, to engage with the world. And we're in the world, all right, but we're not of the world. Uh, we are, but we are still have a responsibility as Christians to tell others about Jesus Christ. We have a responsibility to tell others about God's love. We have a job to do in this world. So don't neglect that. Pray. Again, go back to James 1 5. What is that to be? Pray for that wisdom. Pray for that discernment. Ask God to show you where he wants you in this world, where he wants you day by day uh, to minister and, and talk to other people. We have a responsibility. So many people, all they want to do is sit in the pew and be fed, but they, they forget they have a responsibility to get out there and tell others about Jesus Christ as well. So, you know, and, and um, when you're sitting in that church and you're learning, hopefully you're in church and you're learning, uh, and that's why it's important to take notes. The way it's important that you do understand, so that people, uh, you know, so many people get out there and like, oh, uh, let me, you know, they don't even know how to witness or tell somebody about Jesus Christ, you know, because they're like, well, let me get my pastor on the phone, you know, which is fine, you know, that's what we're here for. I don't care to do it, but you should be able to go over the plan of salvation with somebody. There's no reason why you should not be able to do that to be able to minister and talk to other people about Jesus Christ. You know, it's a sad state of affairs. 
When you have atheists who know more about the Bible than a lot of Christians, you have Jehovah's Witness cults and Mormons and cults who, who are schooled and well-versed and, and can give a defense. And you got so many Christians who are, you know, they, when presented with uh, particular questions, they, they look like uh, stunned sheep, you know, a, a deer in the headlights. And uh, that's not good. You know, we have to study, show ourselves approved. We have to be in God's word. We have to study. We have to grow. We have to learn. And that, my friends, is what the writer of Hebrews is, is, is the point he's trying to make here is because they were dull of hearing and they had not grown and they could not understand the things that he should already been able to talk to them about. And he's having to go back and explain some things. And my friends, we cannot be dull of hearing. And we have to be continually growing. We have to be continually learning. And we have to be able to give a strong defense when presented with a situation. And we may not always have Google handy. We may not always be able to have your pastor handy. And so you better be able to be prepared. And like I said, you don't have to, you don't have to know the four spiritual laws. You don't have to memorize some, uh, some Christian track uh, to witness testimony about Jesus Christ. Explain to them what Christ has done for you in your life. If you can just, if they can just see the sincerity and see what God God has done in your for you that will, will will be more than anything you can memorize off a piece of paper. It says explain to them what Christ has done for you, and that will will do wondrous things in in furthering the gospel. So um, hopefully uh, tonight made some sense. Hopefully it brought a little more understanding, and maybe that you weren't aware of in this passage. Maybe brought a little more understanding in regards to tithing. Uh, that is my hope. Uh, and so, and again, I apologize sincerely for all the technical difficulties. Uh, Lord willing, uh, we will. Um, Meet again next Wednesday. Hopefully, we won't have any more trouble. But uh, don't forget, no evening service uh, Wednesday uh, online service because it is Memorial Day weekend. I know a lot of families are getting together, doing cookouts, doing different things, and so we don't traditionally have uh, evening services on uh, on Memorial Day uh, weekend uh, on that Sunday. And remember, there's a difference between Memorial Day and Veterans Day. All right, if you don't know the difference, look it up. Okay. <laughs> So let's go ahead and close the word of prayer. And Father, Lord, we just thank you, love you, and praise you. Uh, Lord, thank you for your grace and your mercy. Uh, thank you for allowing us to come together and meet uh, here online. Uh, help us in our daily walk. Help us to be a witness. Help us to serve you in all things. Grant us wisdom. Grant us discernment. And Lord, let us uh, understand and seek out your will each and every day. Lord, for someone watching this evening that doesn't know you, let them pray this prayer. Dear God. Forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, be with us, lead us, God, and watch over, protect us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, hope everybody has a great day today. And uh, I hope that uh, uh, Lord willing, we'll, we'll meet again and continue on Hebrews next Wednesday. But remember, Sunday morning, we'll have outdoor service from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. You can listen on 98.5 WTFM. And or you can watch on our website or here on social media from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. No evening services that Sunday. And uh, hope everybody has a good will, a good, good will, good day. And just remember, I'm just a nobody trying to tell you about somebody. So you all have a great and fantabulous evening. Thanks for watching.